Hey everyone, I'm Brendan Hill, and this is Forward Thinking, a podcast by Metagy. Each week, I talk to inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. How do you keep the customer at the heart of everything you do? That's what I'm exploring today with my very special guest, Nasi Haji, digitally experienced lead for the small business segment at Optus. In my conversation with Nasi, we cover a wide range of topics, including how to build a community, tools that will help you automate your marketing, and why you can't test just for the sake of testing. Nasi also shares a great hack on how she completed some usability testing for under $40 just by going to where her customers were hanging out and buying them coffee in exchange for feedback. Nasi has so much digital marketing experience across Optus, but she also talks about her marketing side hustle, working for Fern Law, which is her husband's law firm. So I'm not sure if I could work with my wife every day, but Nasi shares some great marketing lessons and tactics from setting up the marketing for this law firm. Nasi has had great success at Optus by keeping the customer at the heart of everything she does. And this episode is definitely a must listen for any business owner who is starting out their digital marketing journey. So please enjoy this conversation with Nasi Haji. Nasi, thanks so much for coming in today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Super excited to talk to you today. You've been in the marketing sector for a while now. How did you get started in marketing? How did I get started? So I've had a bit of varied experience, but I guess the way that I started my journey was when I was just about to finish my degree. I was in my last term and um, had been working for a project management company doing uh, recruitment admin. And the manager there at the time had a contact who had just started a social media startup and they specialised in lead generation using social media networks within the B2B space. Mm. So there was an opportunity for me to join that team when they were still pretty small. I think it was maybe seven or eight people at the time. And yeah, that was my stomping ground for a couple of years and got some exposure to some great brands uh, within the B2B space. And I guess that was my first opportunity to really understand and see in action the power of digital and how Mm. that can drive, I guess, different relationships from an acquisition or a a retention growth uh, perspective as well. Mm, So I know that you put a lot of focus on creating relationships through digital marketing. When did you come to the realisation that digital was going to have such a massive influence? I guess I've been a little bit biased in my experience (laughs) because I've been a huge advocate for digital all the way through and have brought that into all the organisations that I've worked with. I Mm. guess you can just think of yourself as a customer and there's a lot of talk around being customer centric, but I think when you really do that and put yourself in the shoes of the customer and think of your own interactions, a lot of them are digital. You see the changes in the market and the demographics of those markets. And it's really critical to be able to engage in a way that is natural and native to those audiences. So while there's definitely still a place for for offline, I think it's how Mm. can we merge those two channels and really create a collective experience that feels quite natural for that customer. And there are any customers that you worked with in the early days, they might have just been getting into digital marketing. There might be some people listening at home that are (laughs) thinking of putting their toes in the digital marketing waters. Any examples or success stories that you can remember? 
I can think of even when I first went client side, it was within a payroll and learning company. Uh, so they were software based, but traditionally uh, marketing had been, you know, very offline events, sales focused rather than a real digital push. And with my new manager at the time, we really, really pushed that digital component to complement the entire acquisition component. And using tools like automation, Mm. social media, retargeting capability. They're really powerful ways to be able to just get in front of people at the right time. And and I would say you don't need huge budgets to do it. So if there's startups that are listening, (laughs) it's definitely not huge scale activities to be able to see this as a success. Mm. And I've definitely taken those learnings into my own startup as well and have been applying that. Right. And what's your own startup? So I'm a co-founder of a small law firm. So uh, Fern Lawyers started about two years ago and I am pretty much preaching my own church in in (laughs) that business. So responsible for the growth plans and brand and all that sort of stuff within Fern Lawyers. So my husband drives the the fun stuff and and I do all the, the marketing as well, yeah. Nice. And what's it like working with your husband? I mean, it's hard enough working with co-workers every day. Yeah. Well, I guess it's all about buying no matter where you are. Let's put it that way. No, he's fine. I guess for him, it's his full-time gig, but for Mm. me, it's my sort of side hustle. And for me, it's really exciting to see it grow from, you know, being literally just him to now we're just hiring our second employee. So it's really growing. And I guess using digital and seeing more and more inquiries coming through those channels. And as we Mm. sort of test and iterate our different versions of how we can engage, it's starting to come through more and more. And because it's from ground zero and seeing that come up, it's been really great. And he's open to experimenting with different channels. So that's always good. Oh, nice. And so we've talked about different channels. We've talked about tools. What kind of tools are you using at this earliest stage? I mean, any that stand out, maybe under $100 as well. So you mentioned that, you know, early stage business people can get started at a fraction of the cost that they might have had to pay even 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole range of things, I guess, from a marketing perspective, there's all sorts of scheduling tools. And, uh, you know, even like Metigy, I know we're on the Metigy uh, (laughs) podcast, but if you're looking at business tools more widely, there's a couple of examples. One is around video conferencing. So Zoom is a really easy Mm. and affordable way to be able to stay in touch, say if your clients come in and and meet with you or also managing agencies from my perspective as well. And then Loop Live is another really good one. So it's having a landline on your mobile through an app. So Optus has that product, which is really good for, I guess, appearing very professional and having, you know, auto attendant functionality and appearing much bigger and more professional. Mm -hmm. Having that image as a small business, I think is really good. And that's about 35 bucks a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wish I knew about that when I had my small business. That's that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And so you're working at Optus now that we'll get to in a second. Yes. But you've got your side hustle, as you mentioned. Time management is something that all early stage business owners struggle with. I mean, there's so much to do. You know, we've got the accounting, we've got the creative, we've got the marketing. Sometimes I like to call it superhero syndrome because (laughs) we think we can do everything. But how do you personally manage your time working on so many different moving parts? For me, it's all about prioritization. So it really comes down to that. I guess what I like to do is map out a plan for a longer term piece. So say over a 12 month period, 
this is my objective and to be able to achieve that, I need to do X, Y, Z. And then I'll space that out knowing my own capacity, what I can deliver in a certain amount of time. So, you know, for example, we've just relaunched our website rather than saying doing it in a month. If I was working in that full time, we did it over three months. And the the objectives from a marketing perspective reflect that. And then that ladders Mm. up to the commercial objectives in a way that's going to be manageable rather than Mm. putting pressure on yourself and not getting the right outcome regardless. Yeah. Mm, Cool. So you went from working with seven to eight people in your early career. Now mm-hmm. you're working at Optus, one of Australia's yes. biggest telcos. How many employees at Optus altogether? Oh, I'm not even sure. I think it's about 5,000-ish. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. And tell us about your team and what you're doing at Optus. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm the digital experience lead for the small business segment and we are a team of eight and look after all of our digital properties for that segment. So we look after the business section of the Optus website. We manage our marketing automation capability, and we also have a content community called Yes Business. Right. Lots of stuff that I want to touch on here. Yes, lots of stuff. (laughs) There's never two days the same. Let's put it that way. (laughs) The last point that you mentioned, building a community. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've had many guests on that have put a lot of time and effort into building their community and now they're seeing the rewards from that. Mm -hmm. What's your journey been like building out this community for small businesses? Oh, it definitely has been a journey. And I think coming back to the objectives component, you've got to be really, I guess, clear on what the outcome is of those communities. Mm. Uh, For us, in the beginning, it was very much around engagement, very much around traffic and time on site and all of those Mm. sorts of things and creating content that's not just around, you know, telco topics, but more so around what an actual business needs and then peppering our products and offerings into that conversation. Mm. So the first thing I would say is it's all around the objectives again. So very clearly up front, you know what success looks like. Then from there, it's also keeping the customer at the heart of it. So you know, it's very easy to talk about ourselves and what we want to talk about, but we forget that a customer in, yes, businesses case is small businesses across Australia have 150 other things on their mind, like like you just mentioned now. So how can we actually help to solve those things and rather than just be another vendor, be a real business partner to them? Mm. And what are some of the ways that you keep the customer at the heart of everything that you do? One way that we try to do it within our team is through experimentation and test and learn. So Mm -hmm. every new, I guess, deliverable that comes out of our team, we run usability testing, focus groups, A-B testing online. And I guess the key thing with that is not just running test and learn for the sake of it and not just running testing for the sake of it, Mm -hmm. but really taking those insights and turning them into actions. So how can we improve the experience for them and make sure that things like comprehension, discoverability, Mm. conversion, also just relevance as well is pretty fundamental because Mm. it may be really interesting to us, but it needs to be interesting to the customer and come back to them. Yeah. So you mentioned testing which is obviously important for every business. It's something that the small and medium businesses don't really get to till later on. How can they start implementing that earlier? And are there any tools that you guys use to help with testing? 
I would say it's really, really easy to get started. Start small yeah. as well and you don't, again, don't need huge budgets to be able to run experimentation. Mm. Uh, there's tools within Google, Optimizely, mm. Tealeaf, all of those sorts of platforms that can really help. Mm. Um, we also have been in situations where we don't have budget to run uh, usability testing and actually yeah. came here to the startup hub oh, with really? a bunch of coffee coupons, spent maybe... on vouchers for coffees and just we knew that there would be business owners, small business owners here in the hub. Mm. Uh, So just approach people and, hey, do you have 15 minutes? We'd really love your feedback and you'd be surprised how susceptible people are and and how happy they are to actually help you. Yeah, that's awesome. Go to where your customers are. That's it. (laughs) Go to them. With some free coffee. That's right. We had a carrot. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds cool. And speaking of the community, just wrapping up on that, are there any success stories that you can tell us of people that have come into the community, digested your content, and where are these guys now? Like, do you keep in touch with them? Are there any good case studies that you guys have? Yeah, so we definitely have customer success stories are a key way for us to be able to close the loop Mm -hmm. in terms of our engagement. So there are customers within Optus that we are really trying to support or partner Mm. with. And a key way to be able to do that, I guess, is through our community and having that platform to be able to also promote their businesses Mm. across, you know, an organisation like Optus is quite a large scale. So what we did was looked at the engagement that we were getting from the community and then look at, okay, what are the types of stories that customers are actually interested in and how can we actually help to build that out more Mm. and the way that we've done that is actually getting our own customers engaged as part of the process and sharing their stories so we hope that obviously has a flow and effect and Mm. like you said stories are how people connect to each other so you know we don't need to reinvent the wheel but I think it's just about keeping it simple and keeping it authentic in terms Mm. of what those stories are and how they can actually empower other businesses to grow and mm. achieve whatever they want to achieve. Yeah, I know you've definitely got some good success stories on the Yes Business website and we'll put all of the websites and resources that Nasi mentioned in the show notes today that you can find at metagy.com forward slash podcast. So circling back to automation now, another topic like testing that may get overlooked and it can obviously save so much time in the long run what have you guys done in terms of automation? I know you were working on your EDM sends recently. Yeah, absolutely. So we really try and use personalization wherever we can to try and optimize engagement and conversion through the funnel. So at Optus, we use Pardot, which is part of the Salesforce stack, uh, but for other smaller organizations, there's a whole range of capabilities out there. Infusionsoft, I think, is one for small businesses specifically. Also HubSpot and platforms mm. like that are quite good and help you scale um, depending on what your activities look like. Yeah. But what we've started doing is within with Yes Business, when we first actually launched, content was all available. And then what we found was a challenge to translate into our next step in the funnel was to have that conversion point. So mm. we shifted our user interface within Yes Business and flipped it so that there were a lot more opportunities for subscribers to actually register their interest so that we could have that longer conversation with customers. Mm. And now with that change, we've seen, you know, an opportunity to actually continue that conversation. So using 
EDMs, push, depending on the data that we have to work with. But email for this type of engagement is generally pretty successful. And I guess the great thing about marketing automation is that you're not just sending emails blind. It can Mm. actually trigger actions that go into your sales funnel. It can trigger uh, something more specific to actually be sent to them based on their interest areas and we can score all of that behaviour. So it then automates the actual analysis process and has a list of leads that are ready for the sales team to action as well. Nice. And so then once you get those leads, they go to the sales team. What's the next step on the life cycle? So the next step would be we have a inside sales, so to speak, function. And from there, the leads will get a call. They get qualified, whether they're the right fit, whether we're able to help them, all of those sort of qualifying B2B criteria. And then from there, they then go into an opportunity management phase. And we're really hoping to flesh out how automation can complement that and Mm. really go all the way through the funnel. Yeah, awesome. And something else impressive that I know you've worked on is the Yes Business site. So having a massive content hub. So obviously content creation and content marketing is one of the most sustainable forms of marketing. Absolutely. The gift that keeps on giving, kind of like compound interest, I've heard it compared (laughs) to. Wouldn't disagree with that. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, early stage businesses starting out, it is a bit of an effort to go and create the content instead of just buying Google AdWords, for example, but much more sustainable. How do these guys get started in creating a content hub? I think, again, just keep it simple. Mm. You know, it comes back to those objectives. What do I want to achieve within a year or two years even if it's a smaller business? I want to have a, you know, fully functional content hub. So even if it's one piece of content per week or two Mm. weeks or whatever that looks like, you can also recut and repurpose your content for smaller bite-sized pieces that can really help with the sustainability of content and the effort that that takes for actual creation as well. I would say it's absolutely valuable, the benefits span not only for your actual website and building up your authority as a business on Google. Mm. Uh, It's also how you can cut through and build that credibility. I think across almost all industries now, it's intense competition (laughs) and you really need to have something different to be able to cut through. And Mm. if it's AdWords as well, not AdWords definitely serves its purpose, but Mm. I would say that, you know, if it's just on price, then it may be more challenging given the larger organisations that may also be bidding for those terms. So if you're building that credibility and authority in in a more organic way, A, you get on the top of search lists so that customers can actually find you, and B, it gives you an opportunity to actually engage through more channels than just Google, using mm. social media and repurposing it through different touch points, through your EDM campaigns, et cetera. Yeah, awesome. And what has you the most excited this year about marketing? Ooh, I'm going to give a really nerdy answer and go for AI. Uh, You know, we use automation quite heavily, but I would really like to be more of an expert on how AI will actually be building on and complementing those capabilities that we already have. I think there's so much opportunity all the way through the customer life cycle and really, really excited to see how that impacts us as marketers and how we can start to get even smarter with Mm. our communications in the market using that capability. Yeah, definitely. 
And what are you personally struggling with the most at the moment? Are there any particular problems in your business black box that you're looking to solve? Yes, there is. So we're trying to get really, really granular with our conversion funnels. So we want to be able to compare per digital asset what the conversion funnel looks like and then within that what the different sales channels conversion is of digital leads. So as you can imagine, there's a wealth of data there, but I think Mm. trying to get it all to talk to each other and... um, cooperate (laughs) is a bit of a challenge. So uh, that's something that we're working through right now. Nice. And on a personal note now, Nassi, how do you learn marketing? I mean, you're across so many different areas. We've talked about automation. We've talked about building out content. We've talked about funnels. Where do you learn how to learn? I guess I've been quite lucky that my experience has been really across the board from a digital perspective. So Mm. Yeah, very grateful to have had the opportunity to get my sleeves rolled up in a lot of different areas. I guess for me, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. I go and learn in a range of different areas. So I've, when I initially started in digital marketing, I did a digital marketing certificate with Adma just to understand mm. the channels themselves and what was available from there. I attend industry events, uh, cross-industry events, uh, not only within marketing but cross-industry, say telco versus HR versus tech versus fin services to see what other organisations are actually doing and then networking with people there and learning from other people. Mm. Uh, If you can find role models that uh, have achieved really amazing things within the digital space, then actually reach out to those people and try and get a coffee with them and and ask Mm. really pointed questions about what they're doing and try and take those learnings away. So I guess it's about being proactive, right? So you've yeah. there's so much information out there, I think, and it's about finding the stuff that's going to be valuable. So mm. a lot of the time it's people who have been there and been through those experiences that have those really sharp insights that you can then take away and as practical and, and actionable sort of insights. Mm. And you're a big reader as well? I am. Any marketing or business books you can recommend? Oh, I've been watching a few TED Talks lately, so not a book that I'll call out, but Brené Brown is a fantastic one. Uh, she's Her talk on vulnerability within the workplace I think is really inspiring. She just talks about authenticity and being real and I think when you bring that to everything that you do, it makes it a lot easier for the solutions to just sort of come into place. So again, coming back, I know I sound like a bit of a broken record, but the (laughs) objectives piece, you know, if Mm. there's this pressure on, you know, something working a certain way and being able to maybe push back and say, well, actually, maybe it needs to be done like this and having that vulnerability and just saying, hey, this is what we need to do. This is how we move forward rather than sort of being a little bit more resistant to it, I Mm. think really helps. And another business book that I really like is Jack Delos's Unwritten. I thought that was really good. And especially as a startup, you know, he's built a really great Mm. organization that gives back to a lot of businesses. So I quite liked his book too. Yeah, nice. Everything Mm. that Nassi has mentioned, you can find in the show notes at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And I just wanted to congratulate you for reaching the abstract question section of the podcast (laughs) now. So we have two final questions. 
Are you ready to answer these? Drum roll. I'm ready. So the first question, if you could have a billboard, it could have text, visuals, anything that you want, where would you put it and what would it say? Ooh. Well, definitely visual because Mm. no one reads text these days. So let's go (laughs) visual. If I could put it anywhere... Where's somewhere big? Let's go Times Square. Times Square. Let's go somewhere big. A lot of visibility. Lots of visibility. And I guess just be kind. Be kind. Be kind. I like it. Something they need in New York as well. I think we need to spread the love a little bit. So I think just something positive to put out in the world and especially somewhere as intense as New York. So (laughs) why not? You put me on the spot, so there. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer, good answer. And the final question, Nassi, are you ready for launch? Oh, maybe. Because (laughs) you're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. So what business do you start when you land on Mars and how do you market it to the new Martians? Well... Hopefully I would have known that I was heading on that flight and actually did my research on the needs of the Martians because, you know, it's all about the customer. Yeah. So a bit about me, I've got a Greek background. So based on that, I know the way to someone's heart is through their stomach. So Martians, I'm assuming, have stomachs and they can breathe and they need to eat. So I would say that we need a good restaurant on Mars. So. I'm thinking Earth would be pretty intriguing to the Martians because they haven't been there before. Mm. So we'll have an Earth-themed restaurant. Oh, nice. And how would I market it? I guess I'm assuming there'd be digital channels there too because that's my (laughs) stomping ground. So let's assume that that's available and also something, some experiential marketing as well I think would be quite cool. Nice. And most importantly, what type of dishes will they be serving from Earth? Oh, they'll bring the beautiful oh, minimalistic ones mm. from all the fancy restaurants. Nice. It'll be with all the best food. And a bit of Greek food as well. Got to have some Greek food. <laughs> Can't survive on Mars without it. <laughs> oh, Nassie, thank you so much for coming in today, providing the value to our audience. It's you can pleasure. find all of Nassie's resources and tools at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And before we wrap up, Nassie, is there anything you'd like to say and how can people get in touch? No, just thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. And and if there's any questions or any help that I can provide to anybody listening, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect. I would be more than happy to to spend time with anybody that's interested. Awesome. Thanks again, Nassie. It's been fun. Thank you. Cheers. From Metagy, this is the Forward Thinking Podcast. I hope you got a lot of value and actionable tips from today's episode. If you like what you heard, you can help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. If you know a business owner who needs help with their marketing, and I mean, don't we all know one of those guys, tell them to check us out. Never miss another episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more about Metagy and get a listener-exclusive three-month free trial, Visit us at metagy.com forward slash podcast. You can also view all of the resources and tools mentioned in this episode at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, why not listen to some other episodes and join the world's leading community of forward-thinking marketers. I'm Brendan Hill, your first business connection, 
And I'll catch you next week for another award-winning episode of the Forward Thinking Podcast.